Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm in the Midwest. And the co-host on the West Coast, he is at Chad Smart. Chad, another week. And oh my goodness, this episode is going to be a blend of our youths and what is going on in the world today. But before we get there, how are you, sir? How have you been? How's L.A.? I think that pretty much sums up what this episode is going to be. Um, we are, I, I am, I, I know you have the privilege and the luxury to have a job that deems you essential to leave your house, but I have been under house arrest for about two weeks now. And, you know, they say it's, it's normal to talk to your appliances, talk to inanimate objects. It's when they start talking back that you need to be concerned think we're almost there so i do want to clear the air in a regard in that i I, maybe i mentioned this last week but maybe not but i saw a post on social media i don't remember what platform it doesn't matter but it was definitely geared towards you know high school young you know early college age individuals and it says look around at everything going on I'm paraphrasing but I said you know essentially look around at everything going on in the world today and look at the jobs that have been deemed essential and if you want a steady stream of income go do those jobs you know um yeah d- to your point uh I, I my job is you know water distribution it is essential which you know I I'm I suppose fortunate in that regard but by golly, sometimes I I wish I could stay home too. And I know that there are a lot of people who are, you know, giving me the middle finger and saying, you know, it's, especially if, you know, they're small business owners or, you know, they own their own business and they can't open their doors if it's a salon or, um, you know, I'll give them a shout out on, on this podcast. They get numerous shout outs on the other one, but uh, Twilight Comics, Swansea, Illinois. And, uh, you know, they those folks are hurting. So make sure everybody, when uh, when we were able to go out and you know be a part of society again, that you definitely go to those you know mom and pop shops, small small business. Look, Applebee's, McDonald's, they don't need your money, but the you know the burger joint you know that's in your community that there's only one of them. There's not you know a global chain. Those folks need your help. Anyway, off the soapbox. Well, real quick, Greg, I would interject, and I may not know what I'm talking about here, but I would I would um, say that's not 100% correct because I would think your local McDonald's, your local food chain, it may be a franchise opportunity to where it is a local um, citizen who operates it, and if it doesn't bring in enough income that it could shut down, I I have a Jimmy John's just two blocks away from me that uh, shut down before everything else was shutting down. And they'd only been open for about three or four months. So, yes, we can say, you know, it's a big name. And so obviously that they are doing better. But who knows what their business um, situation is. So I would say in any case, do your part to to support any type of local business 
whether it be name brand or mom and pop. And uh, if I'm wrong on that, then uh, then I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really got nothing more than that. I think I think you're right, and I apologize to any of the fine McDonald's, Applebee's owners across the world, etc. All the other, you know, big. But I think we can all agree, after this is all over, we don't need to go to Walmart ever again. Well, see, I'm lucky. The nearest Walmart to me is about an hour's drive away, so that's not a not an option. But I was debating, actually, tonight whether or not I wanted to go out to Target. And uh, seeing how I haven't put pants on today, I'm going to guess the <laughs> answer is going to be no. Well, then you at least fit in with the Walmart crowd. But <laughs> And here's the thing. I was in a Walmart. Uh, part of my job occasionally sends me to Walmarts because they carry water there. And look, I get it. You know, the, in fact, uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is a, you know, community that you're at least familiar with in passing. Uh, it was announced today that they are limiting their, uh, you know, uh, capacity if you will their their inhabitants to 50 you know so two people go in or, or you know 50 people in and when nobody else gets to go in until somebody comes out uh i understand correct me if i'm wrong that california has already in, in instituted something like that in, in in some of their walmarts where but it's even down to 10 uh customers so i i don't know um yeah, I know it's been like that for grocery stores. I don't know what the capacity is, but yeah, when I went out to buy groceries a week ago, I had to wait in line for about five minutes before being able to go in. And I would say there were probably 10 to 20 people in the store at the time. So, oh, that, pardon me, all of that is, you know, fine and precautions being what they are. But here's the thing groceries are essential making sure that you have food to feed your family in these uncertain times. But it is my opinion, and I haven't talked with Stan Kroenke or anyone in the Walmart Walmart uh, management uh, you know, capacity about is this. Stan Kroenke on Walmart? He's, yeah, he married into the Walton family. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I just know he hates St. Louis. Yeah, in, in fact, after the Rams left uh, around Christmas time, there was like Schnooks and Deerbergs and Shop and Save. Which, are, if you're not from the St. Louis metro area, none of those names really, you know, mean anything to you. But they were all putting out uh, TV uh, commercials to me, like, just remember to shop your locally and regionally owned places. Just remember that Stan Kroenke, Stan Kroenke hates you, so don't go to Walmart. <laughs> it's comical. But um, going back to my point, groceries essential. I think you could do pretty well to block off the rest of Walmart. Like you don't need to be in the electronics. You don't need to be in uh, y- um, the toy aisle or cl- clothing or anything like that. Go in, get your groceries, especially in a lot of small communities. Now it seems like Walmart's are kind of the main, you know, uh, location for, for grocery getting and then get out. You don't need to be roaming around the store, touching everything. Uh, again, that's me. Well, twice I would agree with you, but I think I'm going to turn this show into uh, cable news and whatever you say. I'm going to just say the opposite. Just 
to have banter, but okay. if, uh, if we keep being secluded indoors and I keep eating the way that I have, I may need to go to Target or Walmart and buy bigger clothes. I may be, end up like Homer with a moo-moo by the end of this. Chad, you should have thought of that four months ago. You should have thought about that and put that on your Christmas list so that you could have uh, elastic waistbands. Why? Where were you in prep mode in Thanksgiving, sir? Just put on put on your Thanksgiving pants that are elastic waistband, so you don't have to. You know, like I I'm not smart enough to do that when I go to Thanksgiving and I have to undo my buckle every year, my belt buckle. Um, it's embarrassing. But anyway, the reason we're talking about all of this uh, is because we do have an actual topic based on our youth. But it ties in with what's going on in the world today with the you know stay at home orders and uh, you know stay in place things like that. We're talking about being grounded because right now it feels like everyone's being grounded and you're only allowed to leave the house to go do the essential things, you know, like go to work if you can or go to the grocery store if you must. But otherwise, no sporting events, no movies, no church services, uh, no concerts, no comedy shows. Uh, if that's a gathering, and, you know, we say this, you know, after just talking about, you know, Walmart and how many people could be in a Walmart theoretically, but if they don't want gatherings of over 50 people. And uh, so you it's know, a good thing that the gathering of the juggalos is not happening anytime soon. That actually collects more than 50 people. I'm actually impressed by that. <laughs> oh, Greg. <laughs> By the you way, you need to look up some YouTube videos on the gathering, I, that, and then we need to make a pilgrim, pilgrimage one year. So, if that was twenty years ago, Greg, twenty years ago, Greg would have been down with the clown. <laughs> um, but almost forty-year-old Greg is not having a, a gathering with any juggalos. Anyway, um. We do have – so I, I I was a troublesome kid. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, you know, the kid who at 21 moved a 1,000 miles away in a quote-unquote non-traditional industry of radio. Uh, you know, I, I always considered myself the black sheep of the family. I got grounded a lot, Chad. And – we're not going to get into any specifics, probably, but I just, it definitely feels like, you know, 37 year old me is feeling very reminiscent of like 12 or 13 year old me because, as I mentioned briefly just a minute ago, 13 year old me, 12 or 13 year old me, if I got grounded, the only place I was allowed to go was school. It was to school and it was back home. And depending on if I was 12 or 13, part of that was like walk a block and a half to school and walk back. And that might be the only time outside of class that I got to see my friends, um, you know, was, was the walk to and from school. And then mom like, get your butt back in the house, you know, that type of thing, uh, you know, straight to the kitchen table to do homework and uh, no TV, uh, no video games. I'm trying to think this was early 90s, so there wasn't, I don't believe, a computer even in the house, but you understand, it was like, there was no privileges, 
whatsoever. And, and right now, I mean, we're look, we have more entertainment options, you know, for home consumption than we can shake a stick at. But we can't go out and do anything as a group anymore. Like, we can't even like we've been taking our, our son and the dog on a lot of walks, but we can't take him up to the playground at his school just to let him, you know, go down the slide or swing or anything like that. Um, and he's bouncing off the walls. I can't imagine what, you know, my four-year-old's thinking, but how would, I mean, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is pretty, this is about as close to being grounded for adults as, as we'll ever experience, is it not? Well, I would say, you know, unless you break the law and get put under house arrest and have to wear a cool ankle bracelet. Well, sure. Or if you break the law and, you know, get get grounded in the big house or something. Yeah. But at least there you have a cellmate. That's true. I unless mean, you get thrown into solitaire. I've got, I've got a cellmate. I've got three cellmates. You know, wife, son, and dog. Yeah. So but at least you've got that. I've got that. And we, so let me ask you going off the, you mentioned something you saw online earlier. I've seen, you know, a lot of memes have come out of this situation and, uh, being stuck at home last couple of weeks or, you know, as much as you have been, um, are you finding out new things about your wife that you never knew? No. Mm. And, and well, that conversation ended quickly. Thanks. <laughs> I was going <laughs> <laughs> and part of it is because I have been at work. I mean, for for us, not much has not much has changed for me particularly. And and it just so happened that in the first two weeks of uh, you know the the stay at home order, my wife was you know using up the last of her PTO for her previous job, and then she started a new job this past Monday. Uh, so she was planning on being off anyway. So it worked out timing wise in, in our favor that, you know, we didn't, you know, that our son, you know, didn't have school. So he was able to stay home with her, you know, all day, you know, for two weeks. And so if, if I learned anything, it was probably that she underestimated the amount of energy that a four year old can have who gets up at six o'clock in the morning and says, the sun is up. The moon is down and he doesn't stop moving until nine o'clock at night. And like, I'll come home and he's just doing laps around the kitchen table. Like he's famous Olympian lap running guy. I don't, I don't know. Usain Bolt, Carl Lewis, Carl Lewis, Usain Bolt. I don't don't know if uh, Usain Bolt does many laps. I think he's more of a sprinter. I was trying to find someone who, you know, might might be a distance runner, but you never really know those people's names. Jackie Joyner Kirsten from East St. Louis. Michael Phelps. Yeah, he swims laps. I, I, I mean, I don't know. He, he was upright. I can say that much about him most of the time. Um, so no, I, I think uh, I didn't. I didn't learn anything new. You know about her. Uh, just you know, she. You know, how, how we've we've known each other for twelve years. How, what what is there? There's not a whole lot that's new. All right, just just asking. Okay, let me ask you. Now, I'd, let I'd me, be curious let, to ask to get her response to, oh, that, to that question. I'm sure she'd be like, "Nope, he still smells. He still farts. He still does everything he always did." Uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: How long have you known Kevin Huntsberger? 
the host of My One Two Three Cents, the podcast, and very recent guest on uh, your Political Amity podcast. Uh, let's see. I've been in LA for 13 years and I think I knew Kevin for two or three before that. So 15, 16 years, maybe based on the social media findings that you alluded to earlier, did you learn anything new about Kevin? Um, I, I've just learned that, you know, making fun of him more than like three times a day kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what? As, as, I'm not an only child. Let's let's get back to our our younger days. Uh, I'm the youngest of two. My sister went. The best way to describe it, I was a freshman in high school. She was a senior, so she kind of looked out for me. But that was kind of basically in, in the public sphere. At home, she was kind of merciless. Uh, she was Ming the merciless. Um, and yeah, she also, even when I was, you know, younger, she was kind of a narc and, uh, you know, she wouldn't, I'm not saying she made things up. I'm just saying that we have two different, uh, memories of, of events. Uh, but she got me in trouble a lot. I think we'll just put it that. So because of her, I got grounded a lot and a lot of times it was, all right, we're taking your Super Nintendo, or uh, you're staying in your room at you know after dinner, you know after your shower, whatever it is. You're staying in your room and you're not coming out. You know we're not locking you in here. It's not like there were there were, there were no like locks in place, but it's like you know you try to sneak out, sneak down the hallway, and Dad's got good ears and Mom's got good eyes, and you know they whip their heads back and you take off back down the hallway because you know that you're about to get caught. But what? I guess I'm what I really want to know, and and, and the best. I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. Chad, were you a troublesome kid? Did you get in trouble a lot? No, I was. Uh, my I have a younger sister who is almost twelve years younger than me. She will tell you that I was the perfect child, and I would just say that I was wise to not flaunt my uh, my bad behavior or. You know, anything that I shouldn't be doing, I didn't do for the world to see. It was more. So I, you know, when we came up with this topic, I was trying to think, and there's only one instance that I can think of, of being grounded. And I don't even remember. I just know it because my mom has told the story several times throughout my adult life. And I don't remember. Like I said, all I, all I remember about it is apparently I came home after curfew one night and my mom was waiting up, and she said, that's it, you're grounded next weekend, you can't go anywhere. And I said, okay, I just went to my room and went to bed. That's that's hardly confrontational at all, Chad. Exactly. I was like, cool, fine. I mean, you know, again, living in a small town, what did what was I prevented from doing for one weekend? Going and hanging out with your friends at the bowling. Just hanging alley. out, yeah. I uh, I remember one time I got grounded, and it was a very short grounding. It was more like quick and immediate punishment, w- rather than like, all right, no TV for a week or something like that. And I remember mom said, "You're gonna sit here for an hour, and, and no TV, no radio." You know, this was pre-internet, and obviously, you know, cell phones didn't have one of those till. 
Year of Our Lord 2000. But she's like, you're just going to read for an hour. And I didn't realize that at the time, but that ended up being a pretty cool hour. Now I love to read. Uh, so it was like, joke's on you, Mom. And then when I was 18 and in college, I was supposed to go away on a college trip up north. I want to say maybe Freeport, Illinois, maybe not quite that far. Anyway, it was like an overnight, one or two nights up north. And uh, the the little you know school van was going to pick me up in my town and I said, yeah, I'm just going to leave my car parked up at the gas station. It'll be fine there. And, uh, my mom's like, no, it, it, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'll just ride up there with you and bring your car back and they can drop you back off here at the house when you're back into town. I said, no, it's okay. I'll leave the car up there. Cause I had a plan. See, I was scheming and, uh, uh, she's, she's like, no, it, it's going to be my way. Cause it's still my house. I'll just bring your car back. I said, okay. So I get my bag into the trunk, and I'm taking just a little too long to get the bag in the trunk and uh, and get the trunk closed. So I finally do, and I get into the driver's seat. She's like, did you tell your dad bye? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, go do it again. I was like, but I, okay. So I ran inside, ran downstairs to the basement and said, Dad, I'm leaving. Love you. Bye. He's like, didn't we do this already? Yeah. And then I get back up to the front door, and Mom is storming in with the remainder of a 12-pack of Natty Light. And old 18-year-old Greg was in hot water that day, let me tell you. And your mom just said, well, you've been punished enough if that's what you're drinking. No, we'll get to that. And uh, she you know, asked me where I got it, and I'm like, ah, somebody, you know, because I've been to some house parties and whatnot, and I just had kept it in the trunk because it was wintertime. And it was just kept cold. And, uh, but my dad, you know, cause she called my dad upstairs and he was disappointed. She was disappointed. I was drinking underage and trying to hide it. He was, he looked, he's like, if you're going to do it, at least get a good beer, you know? <laughs> so, exactly. But I was, you know, I was going on a school trip and, you know, uh, that was probably frowned upon. But again, there was someone 21 or older in, uh, on, in the trip anyway. So, and it's not like it really slowed me down too much. Just like crap. So dad's like, uh, I guess I'll have to use this beer to grill with because I'm not going to drink it. Like, dad, let's not, let's pump the brakes on the beer snob. You drink Milwaukee Best Light. Calm down. You drink the Miller version. You drink the Milwaukee, the Wisconsin version of the St. Louis stuff. Let's just hold off there, sir. So that's a fun little anecdote. But yeah, I mean, I, I got grounded all the time. And usually after a day or two or whatever, they forgot and. So now, you know, with my son, like he's he's at that age where he doesn't want to listen and he's cute enough that he's trying to get away with it. But I was trying to get him to listen to me even earlier today. And I said, okay. I said, if you're not going to listen, I said, you see all these toys over here? I said, can you pick them up? No. I said, you're not going to pick them up? No. Being defiant till the end. I said, okay. I'm going to take them outside. And I picked up one of his toys and I carried it out to the garage, and he you would have thought I ripped his arm off that he that's how well he received that and uh so it's tough you know and in in the you know new millennium as it were where you're not supposed to hit your kids blah 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 uh I can't say that I've never given him a swat, but uh you know we we always try to resolve things you know in the 
quote-unquote non-violent manner. But all you can do is take away his cartoons, take away his toys. If those don't work, yeah, gotta gotta get the point across somehow. Am I right, Chad? Uh, sure. I, I I don't have kids, so I can. Uh, yeah, I can tell you what you should do, but uh, it probably wouldn't work anyway because kids are kids are kids. And, and I'm uh, uh, yeah. So you just gotta. I think you gotta be tough from the from the young days, though. You can't. Oh sure. Like you can't let them slide now, and then when they become teenagers, try to put that hammer down because they won't respect you. No, and uh, yeah, you got to set a, a strong precedent at the beginning. Uh, I got a buddy. In fact, I'm about five ten minutes away from recording the the Five Heart Podcast for Coordination dot com, all about Nebraska Cornhusker athletics, and my buddy Hoss on there. I, I joke with him, you know, about you know work with my son. He's like, man, you don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> And he's yeah, you, I, I think you need to go out and does he play with action figures? Yeah, um, I mean he's got some. Yeah, he, he's big into cars, so he's okay. You should go out and buy him like a duplicate of a car that he has, mm -hmm. but don't give it to him. And then you destroy that car that he has been playing with just to set a precedent. And then you kind of sneak the car, the new car, back in when he's not looking. I see what you're saying. Do the I mean he he already like calls me a lion like a big scary lion, which I'm not entirely sure why. But I mean we play and you know like I I, I surprise him and I go ah you know like do the jump scares, uh mm -hmm. and and he starts running away screaming laughing like you know he just he gets a kick out of being scared but uh, or he's just waiting for you to fall off a cliff and get trampled by wildebeest. Ooh, maybe. Maybe then he'll take his uh, rifle, place atop Pride Rock, and uh, nope, that's what it is. That's gonna have mm -hmm. to be it. Um, so, Chad, as we we've talked about being quarantined or or the stay at home, I guess you're only officially quarantined if there's some fear that you've been in contact with, uh, you know, someone or that you potentially have the coronavirus. So we've talked about this, you know, stay in place and and being grounded and uh as we come to the you know we only have a few minutes left here in the show uh just i feel like i as i tend to do dominated the conversation i apologize i apologize to our listeners who probably would much rather hear chad because chad's much smarter and more eloquent than me and brings in more yeah, but listeners. I, I told you at the beginning that uh, i had nothing on this topic i and you I'm, suggested I'm push the topic. For our, our, our alternate topic for next week so we'll, we'll get into that next week Wait, next week is the uh, things I haven't found, right? Or things I haven't the watched. The movies we haven't seen, yeah. And you so have. So I think we're, we should watch Virus for next week. Because I was just watching the trailer and, man, it looks horrible. I haven't uh, haven't seen it. It's a horror movie? Um, Somewhat. Horror, thriller, techno. It's a 90s computer movie. Let's just put it that way. Well, and it stars Jamie Lee Curtis, who's pretty terrific at almost anything. William Who, Baldwin. Well, I'll save that for if we uh, if we discuss it. Go on. And Donald Sutherland. Mm. They face an unstoppable alien terror when they board a seemingly dot dot dot. That's when it cuts off. So we'll just have mm. to believe it. Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll watch Virus and, and next week and talk about it. Who knows? 
I don't know. It's uh, everything's upsy daisy, kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we're going to be stuck here for at least another month or two. So, yeah, yeah. But hey, we're going to get a check eventually, maybe. Maybe, and that's a good thing. At least I am still working. At least I still get paid. Mm-hmm. I had to pay rent today. They didn't say take it easy on us and say no. You're fine for a month. So yeah. So do how much? How much time do we have left? We have one minute. That that does bring up an interesting point of the uh, like deferred payments for mortgage or rent, and on a mortgage, I could I I could kind of see where you defer a mortgage payment because that's a loan. But you know, I don't know how you necessarily defer a rent because you know if you have a lease that's twelve months, but you know, technically, at the end of the twelve months, you still owe two months because of the deferred payments. But you're out of there. Do you still have to pay that? I wonder how that works. That's a very good question. I do not know. But uh, let's hope we never have to worry about that, and let's hope that everybody hmm. gets healthy, that we have worldwide health and prosperity once again. And are we out of time now? Yeah, fifteen seconds. And happiness, health, and harmony. And uh, life, liberty, and the American way. And Chad, please say the final words on the show. Uh, We're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. 